The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon. This is my companion returning, Rachel Friend. Rachel Friend. She has two names. Uh, this series of old spatial follows the story by story time traveling adventures or you could just say story adventure in parts for us uh the sixth doctor and perry brown during the during season 23 of doctor who dubbed the trial of a time lord colin baker's second year in the role today we'll be discussing the story comprised of episodes one two three and four known as the mysterious planet Doctor is summoned before the High Council of the Time Lords to stand trial for the charges of harmful interference to the course of events during his space-time excursions, which have threatened the sanctity of the universe. Indignant at these accusations, the Doctor pleads his case to the Inquisitor with the hope that she will see him as a source of hope and goodwill for existence. However, his prosecuting attorney, a sinister Time Lord simply known as the Valiard, begins a crusade against the Doctor's life with the motive of painting him out to be a villainous rogue. The Valyard's first movement against the Doctor is to review his past interactions on a familiar planet called Ravalox, where he and his then-companion Perry Brown met the morally gray Sabalom Glitz and a tyrannical robot stalking the world's desolated landscape. However, Ravalox holds a terrible truth in the far reaches of its ruins, while the Doctor's trial has its own fair share of startling twists and turns. All right, this one is directed by Nicholas Mallet, who you will remember, or who will go on to direct Paradise Towers and Curse of Fenric. It's written by the Robert Holmes, legendary Doctor Who writer, and stars Colin Baker as the Sixth Doctor, Nicola Bryant as Perry Brown, and Michael Jaston, Linda Bellingham, Joan Sims, Tony Selby, Glenn Murphy, and Tom Chadbon. Uh, Bellingham, who's the Inquisitor, she was in 27 episodes, old school, General Hospital of the 1970s, also starring in Z-Cars, an episode of Blake 7, and the 2007 iteration on BBC of Robin Hood. Michael Jaston, lovable chap, was almost James Bond in one of those Is Roger Moore Coming Back or Isn't He periods of uh, the 007 Eon films, but he did play him in Radio Plays. So he did get mm-hmm. to play James Bond. He'd been on EastEnder, EastEnders. He played Colonel Mustard in a game show called Cluedo on in BBC. Like, that sounds like fun. Someone dig that up. I would have watched that. Uh, Colonel Mustard, Clue, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then Tony Selby recently okay. passed, like, but he died oddly, it was twice last year. 2021 because there was a, a person named Tony Selby that I believe was an actor 
who died like months before Tony Selby actually died, mm-hmm. and it got reported that it was this Tony Selby. And they're like, no, 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 Tony Selby is actually alive. And then a couple of months later, he's dead now too. So yeah. that was a weird time thing that happened. If you're in Who fandom, you saw it on social media. It's like, Tony Selby died. No, he's alive. But he's a staple of British television, fun presence. Mm-hmm. Sims here, um, she's a big deal in British TV and was like a get for this this episode uh but welcome back rachel old space show doctor who funnily enough michael jaston mm-hmm. before becoming the valyard back in the early 70s mm-hmm. so like 15 years before he did this thereabouts uh he played czar nicholas in a film called nicholas and alexandra mm, yes. where tom baker plays rasputin <laughs> oh oh yeah that one yes 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 because yes. <laughs> we well, on gold standard we interviewed his uh co-star okay. janet susman uh who also happens to be nick's cousin uh, oh wow <laughs> she because uh and she was uh she was nominated for best actress for the academy awards for that year she lost mm-hmm. to jane fonda but yeah, for so Clute. that was kind of right. Clute? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, so it was kind of fun to hear Janet talk about working with both Michael pre when he was on Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and then at this point, Tom had not quite was not the Doctor quite yet, hmm. but was close to it because this was like 1970, 71 or something like that. So as far as like the casting and everything, but yeah. And it was really fun to talk to her about what it was like to work with Tom Baker. I can't say what it was like to work with act with Tom Baker, because as Janet said, and you can go listen to that episode uh, of gold standard. Um, you didn't work. You didn't act with Tom Baker. You acted around Tom Baker. Right. Yeah. That's, what, that's, that's the first person to say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Jason so. Jason has worked with the fabulous Baker's Boys of Who. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. so if I ever get to meet Michael Jason again, this time I can be like, I'm like good friends with your Queen Alexandra to yours are Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. He's a he's fun cat. Like he's been popping up. Jason's been on a lot of, of the Blu-rays for st- like doing the behind the sofa segments. Like he mm. he came back for the season twenty three Blu-ray, of course, to do like the Doctor's Table and some of the. But he's been on. He and Colin, I believe, they watched the uh, Sylvester McCoy's first season, the season that follows this um, mm. together for the behind the sofa. And I can't remember if he's on another one or not, but yeah, he's always, he seems game to do Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, that's about the only place you see him. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't do, like, the convention circuit unless it's a Doctor Who specific, like Chicago TARDIS or Long Island Who or something like that. So, Gallifrey yeah. One. Yep, I think he was just at Gallifrey One a couple weeks ago. I think as of so. Yeah, I think he was one of the people there, mm-hmm. but good on him. Good on him, uh, and it will be talking about him all throughout this season as he is a regular. Him and mm-hmm. uh, the, the Inquisitor, the, they are in the wraparounds, the trial. Uh, yeah, but the filler. The filler. <laughs> the one thing that makes this a full-length series. Mini-series. We'll let's, 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 st- <laughs> let's get to that approach. So Doctor Who, and almost like 
to the date as of when we're recording this, I think it was like a week or two back, during the airing of The Two Doctors, which we talked about the last time we did Colin Baker, Doctor Who, like, the, but like the date before episode two aired of The Two Doctors, it leaked or something that Doctor Who had been canceled. Mm-hmm. Officially, like, and there was a, a big... 25th Big. of February, 1985. Is 1985, yeah. 20 or <laughs> 27, uh, 37 years ago till the day almost. And and there was pandemonium across, like, and then they had to say, oh no, it's on hiatus. But it had been really canceled. And they didn't, I don't think they realized the fan backlash. And yeah, so there was a guy, it was Michael Grade, who hated Doctor Who at the BBC, which as of mm-hmm. this, as of right now, season 22, the Blu-ray set comes out in the UK in March this month. Or not, There's no date yet, but we're guessing now April since Doctor Who magazine for March didn't have anything about it. But uh, And in the United States in June. They actually have a sit-down conversation with Michael Grade uh, for the in-conversation uh, piece on that which is go- with Matthew Sweet, which is going to be terrific because he goes, sometimes the villains need a chance to speak. And this is the man who just... He didn't like Doctor Who. He used a clip of like the cheapest, most under budget, awful scene of Warriors from the Deep imaginable to go, this is garbage. Why is this on TV? Um, before even Colin Baker stepped in the role. So a lot of people want to put a lot on Colin Baker. It was that clip and that guy's mind was made up. The, as we displayed, the ratings may have slightly dipped from Davison to Baker, but they were still there. There was like, it was almost like a parallel line. Everyone's going to jump in to check out the new doctor. It's going to drop right after that, but he held on. And then it goes on this. They changed their mind. Okay. 18 month hiatus. And so what they, they, they're like, okay, you also are going to go back to half hour episodes. And here's 14, which is one more than they had the previous season, but when you take them down to a half hour, it's actually kind of like they got 12 less episodes than they did before. Mm-hmm. And they scrapped their entire plans for season 23, which. Yeah, there was going to, I mean, there were going to be some, some, th- some of those thankfully have been turned into big finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Most, I think like, they've we got were, we, like yeah, all we of them now. See, like the return of like the celestial toy maker. The ice warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Sill was going to come mean, back and be yeah, with the ice uh, warriors. The Ice Warriors have come back once. Uh, (laughs) That was a weird episode. Uh, (laughs) Nothing like Russian submarines and Ice Warriors. Um, And (laughs) but like the Celestial Toymaker, even now, is one of those Mm -hmm. foes that people are like. He's been gone for so long. Please bring him back. And Chibnall gave us a mention. Chibnall yeah. said, "Like there was the like the toy makers, like, <gasps> like yeah, yeah, the toy maker. Cause I'm you know Michael Goff played him. He's a notable like big time actor, and it made an impression for an episode where a serial where one episode exists, mm-hmm. no telesnaps, just the audio, and one episode exists, and yet it has made such an impact." And such a mm-hmm. such a character that people wanted, and that was going to be the premiere. That was where we were going to go. The Nightmare Fair is what it's mm-hmm. called, where they go to a fair, and it ends in 
it, whatever big finish turn it ended up being the doctor and the celestial homemaker going head to head in a video game kind of thing like a vr type yeah. type deal i have that one I've, i'm slowly going through those season 23 because that's where the audio for it airs me because i'm like well i'd like to hear these in action somehow um but yeah there's a lot of a lot of stuff scrapped for it and someone had it in them that hey well they put who like hey you you go on you better do good da 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 so they figured we're on trial let's put the doctor on trial and that was a ha 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 for this idea even though they're taking like three standalone stories and just kind of going yeah they, here's how they fit into this a bit mm-hmm. um but it's one considered by many to be one whole serial 14 part mm-hmm. the longest serial in classic Who history or Doctor Who mm-hmm. history, uh, beating out the uh, Dalek's master plan, which was twelve. But why does the try? Why does the key to time never get brought up in that discussion? I have to wonder. I don't know. It never get. It, I yeah. I think because key to time is not. If I remember correctly, the key to time was not aired as one. Well, they all have, Shock, se- I yeah. Think well, right? no, it's one se- It's season sixteen, okay, and yeah. they, you know, the the crux is there's the the black guardian, the white guardian. Yeah, doctor's got to collect all these pieces to the to make the key to time. Yeah. Each serial, he finds one, and then the last one, it's the the end game. Yeah, but it's it's a it's, it's a, maybe it's because it's not quite as. If this one didn't have edited as this one is, where if this one didn't have the title cards that it does, do you think people would hold strongly that it's a fourteen part serial? Probably not. Like, <laughs> I get it. I I get it. But like, I was like, really? Like, this is loosely and the Dalek Master Plan. I will say, it while twelve episodes it gets off course in the middle of it and then comes back for like the last three. Yeah. So it's not as neat and like, you know, uh, cause, cause, that, go- cause that would be like, Oh, Hartnell's going on vacation. We need to do. <laughs> yeah. Hartnell's going on vacation. vacation. So we're going to, we're going to yeah. do a little something here. <laughs> yep. When he comes back from his holiday in a few weeks. I mean, that one starts out hot and then goes up like, oh, it's, let's do a Christmas episode in the middle of this that is yes. just us when wandering. Breaking the fourth wall. In breaking the, the fourth of- wall. And then the next episode <laughs> is nothing to do with it. And they're like, oh, it's New Year's because it's been a week. So here's firework. Like, look, Steve, at New Year's. And. <laughs> Then they have a couple episodes with the monk, the Daleks come back, and then we finish it in three. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's all under the same sequences of time and events, but it's, it's less of an actual series than like Key to Time or this. Yeah, okay, yeah, Key to Time. I get it. They're all s- separate adventures, but it's like quests that build up to the final thing. And then this yeah. one, yeah, uh, you know, the past, present, future, like that's kind of what they're they're doing here. And then the, yeah. the finale. And then they haven't really done anything since Flux, I think, but we just had with the Yeah, the Flux, Flux is the first miniseries. traditional serial since the classic series. To be, I mean, we've yeah. had two parters 
And there's the oh, we've had overarching stories. Yeah, that like they start with something and then eventually resolve it. Like mm-hmm. you know, Clara it's... being the impossible girl or the crack in Amy's right. bedroom. You know, so mm-hmm. that's why like uh, the Chibnall's. Uh, it's it's interesting his era looking back is going to be because his first series was hey let's do all these standalone stories which kind of very much old school Hartnell era like stale stories but then like the next season's very much like a Russell T Davies serialization where it's like here's some mm-hmm. introduced things here we'll touch upon them right here real quick in the middle and then we'll face them in the end but everything else is pretty straightforward and then the last one he's like you know what let's just make a serial like they did back in the day where like a here's six and go and but we live in the modern era, so we're not going to get like a bunch of six-part Jodie Whittaker serials. Like, here's just one. Here you go. And then some specials, which is back to like Davies and Tenet holding on era. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's a, it was a nice throwback. Uh, the Flux was a lot of fun to keep. It felt like it went too by too fast. <laughs> that was Yeah. <laughs> But a lot of fun with that. But we're here with uh, the trial of the Time Lord. Colin Baker's back. His hair has grown out. It's blonder. He was busy being a first-time parent. That was the one thing with that 18-month hiatus is he he and his wife had their first kid. So he got a unexpected paternity leave so mm-hmm. you know I've, I've never been a parent but from what i understand it's very time consuming so even things like uh showering can be right uh you know difficult to fit into your day so you know maybe getting a haircut was just kind of <laughs> plus you know gave some you know peter capaldi's doctor something to right. aspire to well yeah know. and uh you know grow per- out per- the fro per- per- with the buffons the Pertwee yes. Buffont, like he never yeah. cuts it, never cuts it. Baker's let his grow a bit throughout. Yeah. So that's a Doctor Who thing. Jody's hair has grown longer every season she's done it. So it's a thing. It's a thing they do. Um, yeah, Nicole O'Brien, yeah, her hair grew. And mm-hmm. uh, also um, with the Trial of Chandler, we get a new theme song, the Peter Howell theme from season 18 to 22 that introduced with the John Nathan Turner era is gone. And Dominic Lynn writes a new theme, which is... Mm-hmm kind of fabulous and it's like hey colin got his own theme like i i more associate the howell theme with you know peter davison he got to have it for three years but mm-hmm. it felt like that was the new regime finally kicking in once tom baker left and so i kind of associate that more with them with tom baker um so the, each yeah. doctor kind of has their own theme ish even though the first three are kind of similar but yeah. um it looks kind of similar too with yeah the- colors although the colors actually coordinate with Colin's doctor yeah they 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 they, <laughs> they glitzed it up a bit not to sabble on that there but yeah. um they yeah it's kind of a little more sparkly but it works yeah. and yeah trial of the timeline has its own kind of essence and this is a this is a uh serial that it's I, is it love or hated or most people turning around on it coming around on it now <laughs> i mean i don't know about I mean, just the general, the sixth doctor is very hot or cold with mm-hmm. the fandom in general. So, but usually those of us that are firmly in the sixth doctor camp where, you know, it's like he got such a, a short straw when it came to his entire run. So we're just like, we're just happy with what we got. Right. So, and yeah, you know, we'll uh, obviously we'll break these, these stories individually 
you know, talk about them individually. Then when we get to the very end, we could talk about the whole thing as a whole. Right. Um, and you know, I, I liked some more than, you know, so some of the bits, you know, more than others, um, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, uh, overall, I mean, I like it. I think that, um, the, the courtroom bits for as, as cheesy as it is, mm-hmm. where it's like, we're going to cut corners wherever we can. So let's have this stagnant set. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where it looks like a junior high auditorium. <laughs> and it's exactly what it reminds me. It reminds me of my middle school's auditorium. Oh, wow. Um, and middle school uh, on Gallifrey. Awesome. Well, not Gallifrey, yeah. the station, because they have this. Yeah, it's the station. It's not even on Gallifrey. <laughs> this this thing opens and has intermittently this model work it's, that's it's, incredible. Which was like where they spent most of their money. Like Killed the, the budget effect the shot <laughs> of them yanking the TARDIS out of time to this thing cost mm-hmm. like eight grand or something, which was like most of their budget. <laughs> and no, none of the effects through the rest of this thing will ever live up or hold a candle to it, which makes it feel so (laughs) odd and you start this thing you're like holy crap where is doctor back to normal stuff they also just they changed they no longer shoot the exteriors on film they go to a video camera they go on video Mm -hmm. now and it looks cheaper obviously like explosions don't look at they look like fireworks at times as compared to explosions and it's kind of you know that the BBC soap opera effect type stuff, but yeah, this is how it will be to the end through all, like this is all, you know, Sylvester McCoy, he never got to be shot on film. Uh, well, till the movie, he got to be shot and shot on film. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, the budget's way down, but it's in my kind of wheelhouse of campy still. Like I, mm-hmm. I can still imagine. I can still. I, I like. I love seeing what people can do with a little bit of money. Like that's. Yeah. It's. Um. I mean, crap. The, in the, in the, um, at least in in Star Trek Next Gen, you know the every the, the teleporter effect was glitter suspended in water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Right. Right. <laughs> But uh, thank yeah, you, LeVar Burton, behind the scenes on an episode of Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow, uh, yeah. <laughs> Take a look. It is in a yep. book. Uh, yeah. In this book, but, yeah, we have a mysterious plant, which obviously has to start with a whole lot of setup of this trial, where it's just kind of like, okay, where are we? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and the doctor we, immediately being like, you can't put me on trial. I'm Lord President of Gallifrey. Like, the Inquisitor is like, um, actually, you abandoned your post. Right. <laughs> so go sit down. Go yeah. sit down. It was like it was almost like that came where it's like, hey, uh, continuity person's like, hey, uh, he was president, and we made this rule that he. Can- oh, oh, yeah. Throw that in. Make that line there so we acknowledge that we know what we're doing. Um, but uh, yeah, we meet the Valyard, and the Valyard is a. Very cool nemesis character. We'll, um, I guess, we'll wait till till we get there to talk about who he is in the end of it. But spoilers, uh, spoilers. Uh, and you know, he takes him through a journey in his past, going to the planet Ravelox and his meddlings. That's what because the Doctor is um, 
altering history or something by conduct unbecoming of a time lord right it's like now you're stopping him for this like yeah it's like he's he's on body number six and you're just now although they have tried to stop him yeah that's the whole reason they made him president of gallifrey all the way back when tom baker was the doctor it's like oh we can make him president and then he'd be forced to stay on gallifrey and he's like bye and then you know, and the five they, doctors try to bring like, it back again during mm-hmm. Davison's era, and he's like, <sighs> you know, right? Even then, it, I mean, it was a, I think it was Tegan that was all like, you know, you deliberately running away from your own people, and he's like, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. bye, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know, it's funny they talk about this, but like, we never really see the effects of changes or whatever the doctor made. Cause like in the early days it was like, you can't fix something. And then they have a, a one, a serial I like because of this factor, the arc with William Hartner Hartnell, where they go to a planet or no, they go to a spaceship. It's trying to preserve a community. And Dodo's like got a cold and she passes it and like wipes out the place. Like, cause they go there a little bit in the future and the, where the, you know, the little cyclopsy mop things, have taken over. It's now their place because her cold passed through everybody and not wiped out a species. And I'm like, that's cool stuff. The effects of going where you weren't in history or something. And they don't, mm-hmm. they don't really explore that a lot in Doctor Who, but that's not kind of the crux of the show, but that's kind of what they're doing with the doctor here to put him on trial. But, yeah. uh, Ravelox, it's, uh, earth. Yep. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the big spin. Uh, the story, there's Light a lot of, years away from where it should be, and right. millions of years, in, somebody had to move it. Years, right? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, beyond Perry's lifetime, but Perry mm-hmm. still takes it very, very still personally. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because they're in a train station, which I like that set, the the rubble train station, Marble like, Arch. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I, I I think you know for a low budget, that's effective i i think it's very great. indiana jones indiana jones remind me the uh, beneath the planet of the apes where they go to find the mutants um that kind of thing that's my i love those aesthetics uh those kind of things and you can do a lot with vines yeah and sure dirt can. vines and dirt just age a place up real fast mm-hmm. um story elements that appear in other doctor who thing like I, i've noticed um there's the one it's it's earth um or something's happening but there's a common ground that happens a lot uh where there's like two separate kinds of people and they don't know about the other or they worship something that's out there and they have no idea or they believe something that's not true and then they kind mm-hmm. the doctor comes and they have to face this kind of thing like face of evil where there's a uh there's a there's a tribe of people and there's a the doctor's head is like a mount rushmore <laughs> Uh, and they That's believe exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> and they have, yeah, and this is kind of in that wheelhouse and inside that route Rushmore where they've gotten these pieces of like a spaceship and they worship these as uh, these ancient artifacts, but it's just really this other group of people that was them before um, or something hiding out in this spaceship um, futuristically mm-hmm. stuff. It's And this is, this is in that wheelhouse full circle kind of has that uh, with Tom, another Tom Baker story, but these kind of like recurrent themes uh, but, but when you're on a show that's on like into being on 26 years and there's always a new generation coming in, it, you can refresh old stories, and that's a okay in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only so many stories. To you tell. can take a bit, you know, basic premise and dress it up a, you know, 
presented in a different way mm-hmm. and people are going to totally ignore the fact that it's essentially the same thing. I, it makes me think of um, uh, David Copperfield, not the, you know, Dickens mm-hmm. story, the magician. Um, right. And <laughs> at one point he was talking about how he had approached, you know, when he was going to do a TV special, you know, one of his many TV specials. And he was like, you know, there's a very traditional escape because he does do some escape stuff um, on top of illusions of being essentially put in a box in a hole in the ground covered mm-hmm. with dirt and has to escape from it. And they were like, Ugh, that's boring. So he came, you know, went left, came back and he's like, okay, how about this? I get put in a safe inside a building that's about to be detonated. And I got to escape from that. And they were like, absolutely. And he was like, it's the exact same premise. Right. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the guy in a box trying to right. escape from being suffocated under, you know, a bunch of stuff. So <laughs> very true. Very true. Oh, that's funny. We get a we get a cool robot in this named Dathro, yeah. who runs the underground Dathro. people. What kind of name the, is that Drathro? Dathro. <laughs> Uh, he's the, the immortal that runs all the people that live underground. Yeah. Um, I, I like how he's like, he's like, he's the L seven robot. Like, are we supposed to know what that is? It's one of those, like, you know, a lived in universe kind of thing where they're I casually guess. speaking without explaining, I guess. But yeah, yeah. but he's a, he's a big robot. I, I think he looks cooler than the robot in robot. Honestly, I, I like this weird, like kind of magnet thing on his head design. Yeah. I mean, he's no candy man, but... No, 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 he's not the candy man. (laughs) It's really hard to beat the candy man. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And we're talking about the Happiness Patrol candy man, folks, not uh, Tony Todd candy man. (laughs) Or the guy at the beginning of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Or Willy Wonka. Yeah. yeah, Doctor Who's candy man. Uh, But yeah, so they... The people underground are a bit more rigid, stiff, kind of follow the rules. They don't want to go outside because they breathe the fire, the air. As far as they know, Mm -hmm. life above ground is inhospitable. Mm -hmm. You know, the planet was, they know the planet was on fire at one point, supposedly. Um, And, uh, you know, there's that water is a, uh, uh, you know, very important resource that is very limited mm-hmm. so you know there these there these people that just you know they don't know life any better so they just uh the 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 person that exerts the most power well, in this case mm-hmm. isn't even a person but you know who who has more knowledge than they do right they just kind of blindly follow because mm-hmm. uh, they don't know any better which is where it's doctor, applicable to real life. <laughs> doctor comes in medals to get them yeah. out of there. And they have helmets and all sorts of things. And they they read books. That are the three books they have, their Earth book, they have Mobi Dick. That's what yes. they call it. They have like a, some other book and a manual. Like, and I love that the, they have. Was it, it like the migrate migratory patterns of the like the geese or something yes yeah yeah <laughs> and, uh, that's some genius bob holmes writing right there it's like not all the books are gonna yeah. be these classics that you find in the rubble like it's gonna be 
but these people fighting them and worshiping and living off these words is uh, very amusing. Uh, the people above are much more tribalistic, living in little camps and uh, more savage um, as with prisoners and types of things, long beards, and they, they have like... But they're not mass. ignorant. They know what no. guns are. And, right. you know, uh, so they're... Uh, They've had it. They've had enough experience with people appearing on the planet yes. and encountering them that they're, aware, they're definitely way more aware of the out the greater universe than the people below ground. Right, and they've got a they've got like a, a satellite type thing that they that is an attraction to outsiders that they keep having problems mm-hmm. with, um, which brings in Sabalon Glitz and Dibba. <laughs> what a tandem these two. Poor uh, Dibber. <laughs> Poor Dibba. He didn't get a comeback. They liked Savalon Glitz. Uh Savalon Glitz will be a recurring character in this and the next season of Doctor Who. Um mm-hmm. played by Tony Selby. But they're 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 comedic. They're fun. I get I get why they pop. Oh, I love Savalon Glitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, every all of all three of the stories that he's in are. Did really they ever good. like big finish Savalon Glitz? Like him and Mel or him and Dibber for stuff? I off the top of my head, I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. I I wanna say I don't think so, but okay. I could be wrong. He's one of my uh, uh he's one of my dreams for uh the Eagle Moss figurine collections uh because they do companion sets and they could either do a trial of the time lord set with uh, six doctor mel perry and sabalon glitz or they could do a dragon fire set with four yeah. and have ace mel because they need a mel too they haven't done a mel figurine yeah so. i don't think i don't think tony shelby does but i think glitz gets mentioned in Men- some okay i didn't so. count i want to Glitz space adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Some love Han Solo. Others fall yeah. for Savalon Glitz. Yeah. So. But I, I could be wrong. I, I mean, there's so much big finish that <laughs> mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't keep track. <laughs> uh, but yeah, through, through this so. adventure with, you know, back and forth and robots and Colin Baker getting oddly looking tied up to robots where styrofoam rocks thrown at yeah styrofoam rocks a blocks with a umbrella um i have a rainbow umbrella that goes with my six doctor cosplay i love it uh and having to suffer being called the old one um throughout which colin baker played like that's like a crux like he's like Keep giving me that. I have a lot to play with here. Um, and, sh- and showing that the doctor has no idea how old he actually is. Because I think right. he says he's like 900 years old mm-hmm. or 600 years old at this point. And I'm like, you're on body number six. You're yep. not as old as you think you are. Right. Uh, I mean, even as a human, we reach a certain age and we forget how old we are. So I True. totally get it. True story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he also he also has uh, his, uh he he busts out the jelly babies for a Tom Baker callback, as well as are those jelly babies though? Because they don't they're the look same kind like of bag. They're the same babies. bag he used to have. But I would think if they were jelly babies, he would name drop them. True, true. 
Uh, and they don't look like jelly babies. They kind of look like a little, like maybe like little peppermint stick, mm-hmm. twisty type True. thing. So yeah. they don't seem as squishy. They seem True. more. I just figured, I saw the bag and I'm like, is that what they're going for? And they just don't have it. He doesn't name drop, call it anything. He just. Yeah. Cause I mean, pretty much anytime the doctor busts out jelly mm-hmm. babies, he usually names drop them. Yeah. He also or call- even if he doesn't name drop them, they make sure that they show us like true with Capaldi's doctor in the cigarette case. <laughs> so. Right. Uh, he also, he also, he calls Perry, Sarah Jane, and then says it as if he's the third doctor in a way. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of interesting. <clears throat> poor well, Perry. Poor Perry. Perpigil- she has a perpigilium. Yeah. They she give her um a, she gets to wear pants. She gets to wear pants. They get to put her botany like, into play. Pants. Yeah. Her botany background comes into play here early on. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, they acknowledge it. And it's something that they actually do bring up every once in a while with Perry throughout. It's something they could have just introduced her on and then just never did it again. Like, poor Mel, who's supposed to be some computer technician person, and that never... I think that's something we have to read on the back of a card or something to know. But, yeah. Um, Perry actually gets the botany stuff brought up and used um, multiple times throughout her run here, um, which is almost coming to an end. <clears throat> but this is her last, like, not event story. Uh, cause mm-hmm. the next one will be her departure, but, uh, yeah, so there's, there's that with her in here. She gets stuck with Sabalon Glitz and, and Dibber a bit cause she's with the one camp and the, the doctor's underground for a lot of it. Uh, but pu- push comes to shove with this. And once leadership starts dying off, the people then realize we could maybe live together, maybe doing stuff, uh, with these underground things. Um, we have the, the one guy that underground that like seemingly defects yes from you know he's seen the, the light the, the immortals yeah and he sends that that poor guy you know the the keeper of the the books mm-hmm. <laughs> up to the ground yeah yeah go please run away <laughs> right oh the, the katrika the and her right hand person have a gruesome deaths uh when uh Dathro kills them. Like they, he like shocks them, and their faces are all like, bloody yeah. and crap like that. Um, and also, um, so yeah, we're talking about pairing the pairing the doctor's relationship feels like it jumped ahead like a season or two, but it works. I like it. Um, like they've been traveling around for a while, and this is what they were wanting to build to with Colin, but didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, that's where big finish comes in as they've been yeah. able to fill in a lot of that um, yeah uh but it works here it's fun it's uh not as dark as the previous season was trying to, to be it's more going for more i don't know what it used to be but it kind of feels like it's i don't know it's it's weird this one this season and 24 the next season kind of have their own vibe here that only go with each other even though they're different doctors and then season 25 and 26 kind of go somewhere else i think cartmill has more control it goes more to what he wants but in this weird period coming back from cancellation season 23 and 24 have this sort of like goofiness to them mm-hmm. that work but yeah it's it's kind of the the change of pace though i i still think it gets across i don't think they ever lose sight of who colin's doctor is and that's probably on Colin a bit too, because he's able to portray him so well that 
Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it. It's like, well, this they completely changed everybody. It's just like, no, oh, it's just our surroundings are different. Our, our budget's yeah. cheaper. Yeah. Well, and and the, it helps too that um, other than this, other than what the. F- I mean, the, the, all four parts are written by experienced Doctor Who writers. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there are um, a lot of people that <clears throat> either were last season. There's people from last season. And then there's people. Those Some of those people got brought in and had scripts for season 23, the original one, that got tossed. But they brought them back to, hey, let's, let's try again. Mm-hmm. But So. Well, then there's a whole other. We'll have to wait till we get to Ultimate Phone to talk about it. But there's a whole oh, oh mess. Of I've been waiting to talk about the Ultimate Phone. Script writing stuff with Ultimate Phone. So but Rachel, on it the pre- was a mess. <laughs> on the previous old space show, uh, uh, Pip and Jane Baker wrote an episode of Space 1999 season two. So I kind of oh, went yeah? over. Nice. I, I went over who they were and why I was like. I, I love I Pip and Jay Baker. They were yeah. fabulous. They were fabulous scriptwriters. They so. possibly wrote Colin's character the best of. Oh yeah, they totally all, got his like, doctor. They, they, and he, him, and they sang together. Those, yeah, that combo. Before I go, there's a couple. If we go, there's a couple things. One, Colin Baker, Michael Jason, and the Six Doctors constant ridiculing. And besmirching of the Balliard name, the junkyard, the farmyard, the, like the junkyard, the scrapyard. Like, he's got to come out. He's got to like yeah. run out of stuff, and he does yeah. it. And I he, mean, the, she the even calls room, him out, like, "Please stop." <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the courtroom stuff <clears throat> gives Colin just the opportunity to do like what his doctor does best, mm-hmm. and that is to command a room and chew be, that scenery up chew the scenery and have the biggest ego in mm-hmm. the room right. <laughs> like they only give him he's this not, much he's space. not always the smartest person in the room the doctor likes to think they are the smartest person in the room and a lot of times they are um but he's, there are some times where the doctor is very ignorant but does not want to admit that they don't know what's going on so he makes up with that with yeah, bravado. Right. He <laughs> is limited to a booth, yet floods the room. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. And also to go with it. Yeah. I don't know how the gal playing the Inquisitor was able to get through filming this without a bazillion, <clears throat> like, right. retakes because of cracking up. Because I would have been laughing. Oh, yeah. The entire time. <laughs> I'd be like, is a camera on and me? No. <laughs> Jason yeah. having to keep up. This little stoic face. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, also, this too, the unintentional comedy here, and uh, I want to bring it up because this happens throughout the cliffhangers in this. So many oh. of them are crash zooms out of Colin Baker's face with like a reaction, and it's hilarious. Like, yeah. and he's just like, I think it's so at funny. the end of the the second part of this one. Mm-hmm. Where they get trapped in between the 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 people above ground and the robot. And yeah, yeah. They're like, what do we do? And the, the college doctor is like, this might just be the end. And it's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was, yeah. I just I love, there's the one that I think there's a there's a GIF GIF on the internet where someone where he's like got his chin up and he's like like his eyes looking down and it zooms like right in there. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. 
Oh, so good. Um, but yeah, I yeah. I, what do you think of Mysterious Planet overall? I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it does. It this is the one that requires you know a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it has to set up the trial. You know who the value is, Inquisitor. Why the Doctor is on trial. Um, you know, and this is also supposed to be evidence that the Valyard is using against the Doctor. Mm-hmm. But there's also this idea of Earth being moved, which <laughs> won't be the last time that Earth <laughs> will be moved from its from its proper location in Doctor <laughs> Who. Correct. Thank you, David Tennant. Um, <laughs> so, um, and while and the reason that Glitz is there on Ravelox in the first place, well, yes, he's supposedly there to destroy this totem but he also has an ulterior motive that we won't find out why well what he was doing until we get to you know the back end of this so there's there's several subplots that get set up in here that we don't get resolution to until mm. later. It, you, if you're not paying attention, you're going to be like, what are they talking about? Like, Oh, that's that thing I talked about all the way back in the very first one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a show that, that, that deceptively one would think like, I don't have to pay that much attention to, but you do. Mm-hmm. You do. Well, and the thing is, is like the, you know, this is season 23 of trial time or whatever. And you know, you've got four stories, mm-hmm. but then each story is like three, three or four pieces mm-hmm. it, each in those. So, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's still a lot there. Yeah. A lot of information you gotta, you gotta keep track of. So for sure. for Yeah, definitely. And, Personally, <clears throat> I like Mysterious Planet. I think it's a, just a solid Who story, up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the, I don't think the special effects uh, hamper it. I think some of the trial cutaways, like, cut right. But this is where they're trying to establish this is how it's going to go this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works, and I think the comedy's solid. Like from Colin, I think I like the story. Um, I think the monsters, the sets work. The only thing that's weird is the. Just the, the outside action sequences are uh, like feel like I almost like I high school VCR hi fi camera shot it sometimes and it's it's a thing you yeah have video to, it's it's just that switch from video to film you have to from sit, film to video that it's it's it just your has eyes have to get used to it your eyes just have to look take to a, it. Yeah. it it's it's okay for the the courtroom sets yeah because it, it is a very bland set anyway it's not anything visually interesting so as long as it's lit halfway decently you're okay um they, but fig- yeah, the they outs- figure it out in the next story just to give a hint yeah. but they yeah. don't but spend the a lot of time stuff, outside it's, yeah it's it's very much like <clears throat> But other than that, it actually looks pretty good. Like the costumes mm-hmm. for the the free people uh, look pretty good. Um, you know, their little village and the huts and stuff aren't that cheap looking. Like when the the one robot comes bursting through the wall to get the doctor, right? The mm-hmm. rock wall doesn't look that styrofoamy. No, no, <laughs> it is so. warriors from the deep. It is not. Yeah, yeah. 
It's it's not uh, it's not Cybermen bursting through Saran wrap. No, no, it's not. No, (laughs) (laughs) it works. It's a it's a solid story. It's a solid start to this. I I agree definitely. But that is it. Uh, It's time for us to return to the TARDIS to set our coordinates for our next adventure. Uh, Rachel, whereabouts in space and time can people keep up with you? Oh my goodness! Uh, So every other week. Um, you can find me in the Gold Standard Theater with Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast, where DJ Nick Zan and I are watching and reviewing all of the Academy Award Best Picture winners in chronological order. Um, we can be found pretty much where you find podcasts. Just look for Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Um and uh, also once a month on our with our Patreon, if you want to become a patron supporter, um, we do a non-winner. It can be a not, it can be a fellow nominee or even one that's just, hey, I like this movie. It was never going to win an Oscar, so, but I want to hear you guys talk about it. Uh, <laughs> if you want to become a patron, we we do a patron pick once a month as well. Um, so that's been fun to be able to talk about some of the, you know the more mainstream stuff that doesn't never win Oscars, like, you know, the OG Star Wars trilogy and Indiana <laughs> Jones and stuff like that. Um, so there's that. Uh, like I said, that's comes out every other week. And then every week you can find me with the five ish fan girls podcast. We are a pop culture and entertainment podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from the female perspective. And once again, we can be found wherever you find podcasts and at the fiveishfangirls.com where you can connect with all of our social media accounts. And then on the about us page, you can connect with my personal ones as well. All right. Uh, <clears throat> hashtag trial of the century. And I'm on <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Forky UHD written work at YSOBlue.com. There is more from the Brandon Peters show this week, which actually, if you are listening to this as the episodes are airing, Rachel and I will be back tomorrow to talk the next segment of the trial of the time Lord, which is called mind warp. Um, so these episodes, the trial of the time Lord, will be all through this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a little special thing for you Friday. So that is it. Um, this week uh so check us out tomorrow and until then stay full positive thank you for listening the brandon peters show is a creative zombie studios production produced by brad shoemaker and brandon peters written and edited by brandon peters announcer vocals by jessica Olsman. theme song by metavari Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.